five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Minty Podcast. Today we have Junior. What's up, Junior? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you should give, give him a cue to speak. Um, yeah. Hi. Hi, guys. I'm excited. You said it. You said, you said it the wrong way. Actually, it's yeah, Junior. Junior. It's junior. Yeah. Junior. junior, there you go. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. Well, yes, let's, let's speak correctly here. Come on, yeah. John. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, just a lazy American who doesn't speak right. Uh, <laughs> I, I I just met Junior a second ago, and it's fun. He's like, ah, you said it in an interesting way. I'm excited. <laughs> so my fun fact is my dad's English. So I'm just. I'm excited to talk with you. At least we have some civilized people on this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. And now I feel naturally, I feel at home now speaking to you. I'm, I'm delighted. Well, I, I genuinely now am so excited to listen more to just w- w- what about anything about you? Yeah, waffled about stuff. Yeah, guys, ask questions away. Yeah, well, uh, yesterday, yesterday we were at karaoke, uh, had a great time. Yeah. And then, and then at the end, I was like, all right, I'm going home. And then we were like, oh, what are you guys doing tomorrow? I was like, oh, I'm recording my podcast. So uh, might have to push back dinner. Still down to hang. And then Junior was like, you have a podcast? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you want to be on it? And he's like, yeah, man. And so I was like, great. Yeah, I admired the enthusiasm. Yeah, no, because it's been like a, like a dream of mine, I guess, another... Well, you know when I say dream, actually, you have like 10 or 15 dreams as like a child, as an adult. See me as like Peter Griffin. You know, I always have dreams every single day. And one of them was to start a podcast. Um, I bought all the equipment and I just couldn't get to speak. I just couldn't speak or produce or whatever. So, yeah, when I was told when John said, I have a podcast, do you want to speak on? I was just like, sure. No topics, no subjects to speak. Let's do it. All right, ready? Three, oh. two, one. Just I, I went the wrong on my fingers. Let's do two, <laughs> one. <laughs> tell us, so, dude. Go. What? Tell. What, Wait, can, what can you, I just what, say? Can I just yes. say a little bit of background of, yes. of how how we met? Yeah. Uh, so so my close friend Toby, um, who is visiting in New York City this week, um, uh, Toby and Junior are cousins. Um, they both spent some time in Nigeria, um, and I don't know if you can tell from the accent, but Junior lives in London, um, and and we've had the privilege of of hanging out uh, the last two evenings. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, hopefully get something awesome for dinner as well tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's about it. Like, uh, it'll be sponsored by the Moon Tea Podcast. Your dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but. That's it. That's the intro. Yeah. So, yeah. And just to add a little bit to that. So my cousin, Toby, who knows, we sort of grew up in Nigeria together and we sort of touched on this yesterday. So me and Toby, I think, so there's like a two year gap between us. So relatively still quite close in age. Um, and we will spend the summers in Nigeria just running around in circles for like three months straight. So that's where our, our like our bond comes in. So literally it's just, get to our uncle's house in like the southeast of a place called Ibadan, which is, um, um, I think that's, it's, it's north of Lagos. If you guys know, do you guys know what Lagos is? Nigeria, Lagos? I'm gonna pull up a map just so anybody can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so Lagos and there's a place uh, spelled I-B-A-D-A-N. Ibadan is where I'm from in Nigeria. Not the prettiest place, um, very dusty, but you know, we moved. Yeah, so if you have zoom wow. in, we yeah, have a map of Nigeria Ibadan. here, and then yeah, there's so Lagos, Ibadan, which is in bold. So if you zoom out a little bit, zoom out, keep zooming out, keep zooming out. Oh, it's right there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where, wow. yeah, so that's where me and Toby are from. Um, so when Toby actually said an interesting thing yesterday, one of his neighbors had a monkey for a <laughs> <Wow>. pet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so we're, yeah, we're from Ibadan and um, yeah, we just did nothing um, all day, just running around like headless chickens. Um, <laughs> and that's where the closeness, yeah, that's my uncle. 
<laughs> this is amazing. It's gorgeous, actually. Um, so yeah, it's very, um, very different. Oh, an interesting thing about this park. Um, so this park was built, I think, I think um, in 2017. And, you know, in every civilized country, you go into a park and just wander into a park and you wander out of the park. In Ibadan, you've got to pay a fee to go into a park. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. and the people, so on this very lake, it's, um, it's about maybe like, is it like uh, four or 500 yards long? And people would get in a, what's it? It's not a gondola, but what's similar to a gondola? Um, mm. Like, uh, you know, uh, romantic in, think Rome, romantic oh, in Rome, oh, where the, you pedal. Uh, the canoe. Yeah, a tiny canoe that you pedal yourself. With your feet. Oh, 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 like, the, yeah, the, like a uh, cute yeah. swan oh, boat. Paddle, paddle boats? <laughs> is it, it's called paddle a paddle boat. boat. Yes, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people would pay to go to paddle boat just to go around in circles. I would, I would pay, that seems fun too. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's an interesting fact. Um, I love that. So if you ever go to a bottom, you've got to pay 50 naira. Again, a, a pond. Yeah. This is amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did that. And then I left to go to England, well, back to England when I was 12, which wow. is, yeah, interesting stuff. Where do we start? I don't even know. This is so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm, anywhere you want to start? I, let's, I, I'm an open book. We can start. But so tell us about just, you know, growing up in Nigeria. Is there any, I'm, I'm curious about cultural differences. So I was actually, talking to lots of different people from different countries recently and i would love to learn more about nigerian culture like what is something that yeah, so i think what what is perhaps well known in england maybe less so in the states are there are 300 different ethnicities in nigeria wow. and even though in nigeria there are like you know the biggest so do you guys know a lot about Nigerian fraud people did you hear I, about I, think of me as extremely ignorant okay. and and Yes, talk to me like a fifth okay. grader. So Nigeria as a whole is split into like three, well, it's known as three different uh, sub-ethnic groups that tend to run everything. So there's like 220 million people in Nigeria. There's, um, which, you know, there's a sect called the Yoruba. There's the Igbos. So Yoruba, in case you can't see this, Yoruba are in the Southwest. Igbos are in the Southeast. And the entirety of the North, which is North, uh, Northeast and Northwest, are both um, just Aousas. Right. And so you would think, and I was, uh, so Nigerian is since in its existence I've had, I think like 13 presidents due to various like coups that's happened. So finishing your term or having like a double term is a blessing. I think, um, just thinking back, um, I think at the top of my head, maybe a guy called Obasanjo and our current president, um, uh, Buhari, are the only two that I can think of who's successfully done a double term um well which is yeah again it's uncommon so anyway so the north is like i think they account for like 100 million people southwest is like 30 million southeast is about 15 million and the rest are in the middle belt and those the, the rest which is like i think is that is that again a master right? is like just over 100 million unaccounted people for nigeria those they belong to people in the middle belt and there's like 290 different languages spoken from those people because they're so scattered around they're not represented in in nigeria as a whole because there's just too many of tiny little tribes um in nigeria so what can i tell you um the nigerians you would see that travel around the world are the people who live in predominantly in the southeast and the southwest beautiful so you'd never see you may you i think you'd be hard pressed to meet anyone from the north of nigeria um outside of nigeria Wow, that's amazing. I'm yeah. curious, how long is the term for, is it a president oh, or? Uh, yeah, it's the same president. It's the same as everywhere. Wow. Uh, four years. But then corruption, so you can do whatever you want, pretty much. <laughs> um, our current president, actually, um, he successfully um, won through a coup in 1983. Uh, so I, I think when he, so when he first got ele elected, like five years ago, this is his second term. I said this to my mother, like, I was so shocked that you were voting for, you voted for a leader who previously won through a coup um, in 83 and you, you know, vote for him now and the country as, yeah, I guess the person's gone, gone down ever since he's been going to power. So it's turned this a bit dark, guys. 
No, I think I think yeah. this is a fascinating conversation. If you're down to keep going down it, yeah, yeah, to but I don't want to bore you. I don't want to. I feel like it's this a, is the most amazing conversation of my day. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, no. Um, the point the point of the podcast is to just is to just have a space to talk about whatever. And, yeah, yeah, no, but it's just yeah, Nigeria is very interesting. And also, so what usually happens is there's a rotation with leaders, so you cannot you can never have. Well, we didn't until last time. No. Actually, no, I'll take it back. We, we, um, so once a president from a region finishes his term, the next leader has to be from another region. Mm. Whoa. Really? Yeah, so he's for, he's forever in rotation. Unless, unless you, oh. unless you have a coup. Unless you have a coup. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, what, what was quite interesting in Nigeria was when the British left, uh, Nigeria they left in, uh, they left like the three zones. And every zone was semi-autonomous, right? Mm. But what, what happened was, um, so our very first leader, Christ, I've forgotten his name. This is so embarrassing. Anyway, so our very first leader, who was the premier, was from the north of Nigeria. And he, um, he was, you know, the over, um, overseeing, well, I guess the premier. And then every single person, Azikwe, um, from southeast, God knows who's from the north and the southwest. Um, the problem was greed got um, into play. So lots of people um, became greedy um, and they split the country from being three into six, into 12, into 21, and now it's currently at 36. And what you find is they divide those, um, the semi-autonomous autonomous region, the north divide themselves into more regions so they have more power. So it's about power consolidation. The more oh, area wow. you control, the more likely you are to get voted into becoming the premier or president as they decide to choose, I think, in 66. Um, is there a difference between a premier and a president? Is, is it not to do with, like, republic or...? Uh, I don't know. We use, we use president. Yeah, but for a president or premier, like, when, when, you're, when you're a federal republic or something, that's where you stop having... So we had... Um, well, that's another question, right? Because you're yeah. you're a federal, you're a. I'm just looking this up because I genuinely don't know anything. And yeah. um, you're a federal republic, right? Is Nigeria? Oh right, Christ, yeah. So I don't know what that means, to be honest. Yeah, you know what? I do not know either. Perhaps we can learn. We can both learn from this. Let's um, do this. There's a difference. Why do? Yeah. Why does like China have a premier and we have a? And we have a in the UK. We have a prime minister because the monarch is the head, right? So that's mm-hmm. the reason why we have a, a prime minister, but premier, because um, who the, um, in China is it a premier or is it a president? It's a premier, right? Oh, like Xi Jinping? That's just authoritarianism yeah, he's, he's, he's at its premier, finest. Right? President? Um, is he? I don't know if is, <laughs> I, this is. I uh, uh, cough, cough. Google. Cut <laughs> <laughs> commercials. Commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Xi Jinping is the president. Question mark? The president? Uh, check out yeah. squarespace.com. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, vice president. Oh, God. <laughs> as general, Xi Jinping is a Chinese politician who has been serving as general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party and chairman of the Central Military Commission since 2012. And president of the People's Republic of China since 2013. Right, okay. Okay. So is there such thing as a premier anymore? Is that, that just been abolished over time? Be, I, I, I'm just throwing yeah. out questions, man. These are just questions. I've never been so stressed in my you life. Gotta <laughs> you gotta know Should this. Should have been prepared. I can't Google right now. I'm sorry, anyone who's listening and I'm screeching. Okay. <laughs> the premier is formally approved by the National People's Congress upon the nomination of the president. The premier is limited to two terms in China, but the president is not. The premier has always been a member of the CCP Central Politburo. The incumbent premier is Li Keqiang, who took office on 15th of March, 2013. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I haven't learned anything from that, but yeah. Great. Me neither. I think I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna rewatch yeah, this podcast to be honest and learn more. Because right now, yeah, I'm, I'm um, like... Hugh, Hugh, we might need your dad to to just listen to this and correct us. His his dad is a historian, so he's he he will know uh, all this stuff. Right. He'll okay. be like, oh, a premiere, like, like 
they started to have premieres in the in the 18th century when <laughs> when Queen Elizabeth uh, and I actually will show them this episode and it's totally okay because this is how we learn is to look foolish <laughs> and put it Good. on the internet yes so junior you don't look foolish you're actually way you're you're educated no you're well traveled and you've lived in multiple countries what have i done yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah speaking of those have you are you as well traveled as young john over here he's john is living a good life but i i did have a time or two in you know edinburgh studied abroad there taught some kids to swim in china for a few months so i i've been around a bit but i have not lived lived in another country and one day that would be really nice to be honest i'm curious why did you move to london and or england of of all the people yeah it's just wait um my mother man she was just tired of having a kid in in boarding school nigeria um so yeah i was um so i was one of these kids in boarding school actually who's just i just can't, wouldn't do what I was told. So actually, I'll paint a picture to you. So in Nigeria, so when you start boarding school, what happens is you'd get given like, you know, a, your contraband, which you're not allowed to take in, or your parents sneak in stuff. So these are just like basic stuff, like tuna in a can wasn't allowed. Yeah, and like oh, biscuits. Really? You couldn't have biscuits with you at like uh, boarding school. Um, so we don't really have um, fresh milk in Nigeria because of the lack of refrigeration and uh, electricity. So lots of people have powdered milk mm-hmm. and you had just like prison, you had like certain allocation, but you know, me being me, I took what more than needed. And then you're given like money, which you're supposed to spend, spend incrementally. So you have like a pocket money that you should spend every week. There's a limit of what you should have every week, every month, you know, find a way to just, and then you're supposed to, you know, do things such as that when you wake up. So it was like a Catholic boarding school. Mm. Um, I know what you're going to assume before you assume or what you're thinking right now did happen. Luckily, I wasn't involved. Um, yes, we had brothers, monks, and you know what happened with Catholicism and their stuff. Oh my understand. God. Wow, this is turning really Yeah, yeah I don't really want to say fast. too much. Yeah, well, I, was, I was going there. Turn. I was going. I didn't finish. I didn't say anything. Um, is it Pope Francis right now? He's a Pope. I think so, yeah. Pope Francis, I'm sorry. I did not say those things. Do not come after me. Um, <laughs> um, I love Catholic Church. Uh, I love the Catholic. I love you, Pope Francis. Oh, shoot. Pope, Pope Francis actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, one of our, he's one of our 38 <laughs> subscribers. I love you, Pope. Yeah, you go. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Um, um, so, you have to, like, so things such as, like, you've got to, like, iron your uniform. You know, um, you had to like do, you know, we did recess. Anyways, long story short, I was just, I just didn't cope with um, like rules and, you know, I had to spend my money a certain way. I didn't do that. I was sneaking out. Actually, that's a lie. I didn't sneak out of school. Um, but, but I just did lots of just naughty stuff. Um, so anyways, my mom brought me back, well, brought me back to England because, yeah, it was his time. And yes, yeah, she's brought me back to England. Um, though I didn't really have a choice. And so I spoke to John about this. The transition was really remarkable. So just to, just to think back in this country as well, a kid who would go to like a boarding school um, would be relatively well off. Um, like a boarding Catholic school, you, you would be relatively well off. You'd be, you know, you'd be comfortable. You'd have a different mindset to people, I guess, who are not as well off as you. And so I was dropped into England in a place called Brixton, think Harlem in like, the 80s man Brixton was tough um and you know like I was just and I was just there being you know a black kid and being I guess middle class in Nigeria and then coming to England well Brixton and I was just you know just another black person and it was it was was a big adjustment because you know I just didn't know how to behave how to be black I wasn't black I was just like a a sport middle class kid from Nigeria that's who I am and that's that was my identity going well, in England, and then suddenly, like it wasn't the other people or the white people like telling me how to be. It was the black people in my school and in my area trying to teach me how to be black, which obviously I wasn't approve or approve. I, well, I didn't approve of, and yeah, I just thought you know, the, you know, like there's a, a lot of speak on, you know, like oh, I guess white people are a certain way to black people, but then it's just black people are the same to other black people that don't fit into their stereotype of what it is to be black. So I struggled with like an identity um, when I came back to, 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 the, to the UK. 
Wow, I, I'm I'm curious. Is there anything in specific that? Yeah, yeah. I guess that... manners, man. It's just like things such as manners, uh, things such as uh, being proper um, or yeah, speaking properly. Um, yeah, I think manners for me was the biggest thing. It just just wasn't. Um, how can I put this? Just to, it's it's hard to convey. Um, you weren't as quote unquote cultivated in the English sense of cultivation from a black Englishman yeah. or woman from when you were there. Is that how it is in a sense? Growing yeah, up? yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I think I'd yeah. I would say I just yes yeah, just struggled with um, being in that environment because of my experience in life. I just wasn't. Um, I couldn't fit into the black box i i think i found my grand adventure in life with middle-class people in the uk that must be difficult to be honest like that's a whole culture shift paradigm shift and then yeah. also like, who's who's kind of really on your side growing up that, too that's, that's the thing and th there should be guilt everywhere in, in 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 england so you know we we propagate white guilt you know you say white guilt that's a cool joke to make in any any setting amongst white people amongst black people amongst whatever but when i was growing up being you know african you were you were being looked down upon um by other black people when i was growing up so it's just again you know we speak on white people being a certain way but then what well, other british black people were the same exact way to sort of like me so yeah it was an interesting time i'll say but then the worst part is you can't really call anyone out now you've got there's only one person that you can call out one race i guess you can call out right now but you can't call out others, which is quite interesting. Right, so anyway. What do you mean by that? I'm kind of curious. Like, you can't, I'm you, guessing you, can't, you mean... I still can't call out. So um, um, I won't mention her names, but, you know, recently there was a person who um, I work, she, there was like a whole, you know, when the whole Black Lives Matter movement was going on? Uh, well, not a whole thing. I apologize to anyone who's really sensitive about that topic. But last year was a big, big um, uh, point in the movement, right? Uh, with the uh, protests all around the world. And, you know, yeah, everyone felt super emotional, including me. Um, and I work, you know, work, try to um, help as much as they can. So they brought a, a few black people to the table. I was one of those, luckily one of those people. And people were saying the experiences what, uh, about being black, where it was like in the UK. And a Caribbean lady said, oh, growing up, people made fun of my hair. And, you know, on the call, um, I said nothing because I did not want to take away from my story. However, um, I spoke to another friend of mine afterwards to say, well, that's really funny. Caribbean people took the piss out of black, um, Africans people for, for, for the same thing growing up. Mm. Can they ever be called out? No. Because society would not allow us to call them out because they'll say the bigger evil is someone else so therefore i can't call them out for literally the exact same thing they call other people out for and oh, then nice. being like i couldn't call out caribbean people out right now or i can't call out uh, Brit, Brit, uh, black british for black british people out for what they did to african people um back then hmm. which i don't think is fair All right, so you're saying there there are layers to within within like generic blackness yeah there there's like some africans and yes yeah like black uh british people yeah. and and it, 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 there's like there's like all these layers of like of like there are black people that think they're better than other black people like asian yeah, that's asian thing. people have the same thing too really there what like, would be an example just uh i think i think there are like Apart more from... maybe more like prestigious asian right um i'm not I'm not saying I've ever thought of it this way, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, like for instance, there will be people from from like Southeast Asian countries mm -hmm. who will, uh, will go to Eastern Asian countries, and then they'll be like housemaids, and they'll be mm -hmm. like, um, they'll like help raise children, and um, do a lot of like, kind of like low skilled labor jobs mm. um so given that that exists like uh i mean i can i can call out koreans because 
that's that's my background but yeah. like koreans koreans can be very racist yeah. um to to anyone and everyone who is not korean um and it's interesting like korean people don't say korean like the way that they call it directly translates to our country right and so uh so yeah i mean i, I have heard instances of like people from the philippines or right. people from uh like there's like malaysia and like kind of other places where right. where they're like korean okay. korean people will not think that they're like like have the right background yeah. which uh yeah so i i guess yeah. i'm saying it's like it it happens yeah yeah it's like but is there a yeah, certain way you would say in this country there's um, there's like a certain standard of being asian that you know there's a certain stereotype that other asians expect you to sort of keep or would you say or would you say there are just yes and what are the standards that you would say stereotypes i guess that question makes no sense no no i think it does i think it does yeah i mean there are there are stereotypes but i do you have to keep I, to a standard would you say i try to i try to not think about it or i try to not not like think about what the expected thing is because i i'm like trying to do what's best for me and like my community which is different from what someone's idea of a stereotype is like right. i don't know if i i feel like if i if i was like following a stereotype or like thinking about it too much right. there would not be a podcast because it's not yeah that's not like a thing that people yeah. do i don't know what do yeah. you think about it you mm, no it's, it's it's i think it's a really curious question and an important question because you're, you're touching on something super fascinating that i'm actually just like barely beginning to learn about and like actually comprehend and, and I'm not being humble, like I genuinely have a lot to learn about it. So from my perspective, and having, you know, partial roots in, in England, which is extremely classist, and we're an imperialistic country, uh, country for many, many uh, ages. Something that's interesting is how you're kind of pointing out that it's not just nationalistic, and from where you're from type differences, it's classism and cultural classism. And and I think that's interesting where certain things about America, quote unquote, were very flat comparatively for, for classism and or just, you know, in England. I, I don't think if someone walked into a restaurant here and they had, you know, one accent from the north, south, east or west, you know, we wouldn't have as much of bias as one does and possibly does if someone has the Queen's English or the Geordie accent, yeah. you know, and yeah. I think there's massive things to be distilled from that whole conversation. But then I also think that in from like a Western perspective in America, I do believe that there still is that type of classism in a way, because it's interesting, right? And, and I, I, I'm really, to, this is hard water to talk about when I don't know enough, but there's the whole as you said, the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's extremely important. And, and there's a lot to that conversation. I also think that there's an interesting dialogue that my dad was just reading a book, and it's called White Trash. And it's a book that I also want to begin to read. And it's interesting how they're analyzing the roots of not just, you know, African American and, you know, shipped in African slaves, and how that the America was built on the backs of that, which is extremely true. But also that some people <clears throat> it's not just you know whites are the oppressors and blacks were the oppressed like there's so much distinction and, and differentiation for the white trash quote unquote is what the book's about of like in america there were so many people even worse off in many ways in society as what like there were there were governmental movements a hundred years ago between 50 and 100 years ago that they were thinking about how to neuter that population. Mm. And I forgot the word, I, of course, what's the word? Uh, not neutering, um, you know, like uh, eugenics, crazy. eugenics, doing performing eugenics on white, like the lowest class. And I'm sure it happens on other cultures too. And, and, and I just don't know about it. However, it is interesting, like, to think about it from that perspective too, of, you know, as you're saying, it's not just black on white or 
you know, Republican, Democratic, it's really, I think it's pretty much a melting pot, but then you've got, you know, the outliers and a lot of things. And how does that differentiation and distinction of, of classism in this case really kind of agnostify and, and really make it not based off the color of your skin, but really based off of your socioeconomic class, yeah. the people, you know, what you've been born into is privilege, especially in England, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So, so yeah, all quite really interesting, interesting topics. Um, yeah. So, do you want to bounce around onto something more lighter? No. <laughs> Abortion. <laughs> uh, co compared travel stories. Um, yeah. Travel stories. Do you travel? You've been around. Um, yeah. Well, he's here so, now, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. You're in New York. Oh, yeah. um, oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. So, John mentioned. I think you said you've been to like 29 countries. Um, wow. like the other day, and I was just like, I think I've done like 35 Ooh. or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, but it's just, it's all been like backpacking, you know, the trashy ones where you go into a hostel, hi mom, I have no money, can I just stay here? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And that's another, another interesting thing about race actually. So um, I backpacked with my um, ex-girlfriend, sorry, current girlfriend, um, <laughs> um, and um, and so she, we did seven months together um, traveling and she, I think she spent 8,000 pounds more than I did, even though we did the exact same activities. Oh. Right. She was white and I'm black. And when we traveled around South America, she spent 8,000 pounds more than I did. And you traveled with her? Yeah, doing the exact same thing. So but, uh, she bought you food no. and drinks? No. <laughs> 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 Typically, what would literally happen in a hostel would be, um, I would go in and say, "Yeah, I have no money." Uh, no, I'm not. I have no money. I was just like, "Yeah, can I? Um, can I stay?" Because I just had this um, confidence. Um, I really, I really couldn't tell you where it came from, but I'd just go to a hostel owner and be like, "Yeah, can I just stay here for a couple of nights for free in exchange of just being like your um, entertainment uh, person?" So just be like, "Yeah, sure." So I was pretty much just a clown um <laughs> i'll go into like the dinner area and just like speak to everyone and yeah just get the party going i'll just stay there for free while she would pay for the same activities or i was saying there was a i can't remember what the um um where the area was but she paid for an excursion which cost like a hundred a hundred dollars at the time and i met some guys again oh you're nigerian you're british cool they literally, a guy got a cutlass um, to cut the grass and he led me through to like this amazing waterfall, which she paid $100 to go to. Wow. Did you, yeah. did you, did she take the trip and you, and then you said, hey, I made yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was just there. Like, she's just like, I'm going, I'm just like, I'll see you. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to see you there. And so I just did the exact same thing. Literally just um, met some random people. And that's when, I guess, my race and my, my Nigerian background worked in my favor That's because so I was just cool. able to yeah meet some guys yeah uh, drank with them and then next day they were doing this I just followed them and it turns out I was doing the exact same thing as my ex-girlfriend yeah it was cool I think the third one was in Bali I um I've got like a, a massive picture in my room and so um there's a place called Seminyak I don't know if you guys have been to Bali before I have not um, yet there's a called Seminyak and yeah, I was in this hostel where next to the hostel there are people who just what painted artists, and they sell their uh, the pictures for you know hundreds of hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, and I just you know went there one night after I was from a night out and night out I'll enunciate, um, and yeah, so I just got there, I sat with them, they couldn't speak English, I did not speak their language, I can't remember what it was now, but I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so yeah, just sat with them for five hours and all we did was play they played music i played my own music we just bumped along and they just did yeah they sold me the painting obviously looking back they obviously tricked me into buying a painting which i did <laughs> but it took them like six five six hours to, to sell me the painting well it was so cool it was just because i was black they just invited me in they were i don't think there was any reason for them to want to sell me something but they just invited me in yeah just because so cool. i was black and yeah just drank and just drank and nodded and played music you're so cool that's amazing so you're, yeah. you're very so would you where did wow all right how did you even come up with the idea first of all to go into hostels and say hey 
I want to be your entertainment. This is the value I want to create for you. Allow yeah. me room and board or whatever it is that you asked for. How, how did you, what? That's amazing. No, I, no it was just, um, cause I think it's because I, uh, I think I went to a few hostels and I just, I'm not, not trying to brag. And I mean this the most like homeless yeah. way, yeah. Um, but it's just like, I just, but I'm just you're just I a was, badass basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just, I was just one of, I think I, yeah one of one uh, black British person backpacking. Um, I just, yeah, I just didn't see anyone else. And I think that made me an attraction, essentially. Mm. Um, and I think that's just what happened. Just, yeah, went to hostels, I would be the attention. And then people give me drinks for free. And, you know, like the owner would say, oh, next time you're here, just, you know, come, you can stay for free. And then I would say things such as like, oh, do you know anyone in like, I don't know, um, Bogota, like, and they'd be like, yeah, fine. Oh. Um, you can stay at my friend's hostel. And then, yeah, when I get there, it's like, ah, junior. Bang, you can stay in a room free. And then it'll be other places where I'll just be like, oh, I came from that hostel. Do you know this person? Like, yeah. Oh, can I stay here? Or, oh, I'll stay here. And I'll just, yeah, you can stay here to be the, attractive to my hostel. So it's like a trade, trade-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was essentially yeah. that. Okay. So accommodation would just end up being free for most of, most of the trip. Seems Trips. like seems like you got a really good end of the deal. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, they like what? It's like it's like come, <laughs> come up, play, and your accommodation will be paid for. Yeah, and then some people might buy you drinks, but just just come, just come play. Yeah, just come. It's fine. Oh, wow. And then when you go to shops as well, people thought I was from like, especially in Colombia, they thought I was from Colombia, so things were cheaper. Um, obviously, if I spoke, I did not speak when I wanted <laughs> stuff. Just just stand there they will serve things to you and you just pay by you ask the person sat next to you he's a local and they'll tell you what to do and you just pay on your sleeve this is Whereas, amazing yeah 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 mate black people should travel more well i i honestly don't i i'm just gonna say i'm just getting this gut feeling i don't know where i don't think it's just because you're a black that you had it's because it's because he has a red sweater That's why, right? yes. <laughs> it's a great smile and maybe it's the eyes you know <laughs> i thought that was just interesting you go to a place and you know it's just it's just free man like what's going on yeah thanks you know, just have this for free yeah thanks man i'll see i'll oh, see you later That's really cool. good even I think um, so. I went to in so in 2015 I was in Chile, um, and yeah, 2015 June, we um, so Chile won the Copa America for the first time in 120 no first time either first time ever or the first time in 120 years, right? Um, Alexis Sanchez scored the winning penalty. I somehow met someone in Ecuador, who I stayed in his house in his what his parents' villa in Santiago. And he had a box in a stadium. So I got to go to the match for free. I was going to say, I don't know how this, I don't, I just am not ready. And I'm not ready. <laughs> no, no, I'm just no. not ready. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty good. It was good. Was your, was your flight here also free? Oh, man. <laughs> well, a funny story. <laughs> I became a flight attendant for, for free. No, oh, no, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done a business class upgrade whilst yeah in the air before for free because uh yeah became friends with the flight attendants and yeah. You, you see, I think you're extremely personable. I'm curious, what's what's like after having conversed and been to so many places and honestly become yeah. such an outgoing person. I don't know yeah. whether you're introverted or extroverted or an ambivert, but you're outgoing socially for sure. What are some conversation topics that you think uh, do you? possibly remember that were like kind of a repeating pattern of things of interest that one you enjoyed or others enjoyed asking you i'm kind of curious um so i think you would think when you're, when you're backpacking there's um you have like times of enlightenment or you have you know meaningful conversations you know but dude i won't lie to you there was we just spoke about nothing man um so, so, so one thing I do enjoy, well, one thing I do a lot more, a lot more now is, so I was saying to John, I wanted to start a podcast on West African history, um, because that's just my area of interest. And I'll be your third subscriber. You, yeah, thank, me. <laughs> yeah thank you, man. On oh, Toby, uh, I'll be your fourth. Yeah, yeah, Toby. And um, yeah, there was just now, now I, you know, you meet people um, in bars and you have, you know, meaningful conversations. 
And right now there's no other conversation apart from like the race issue and Donald Trump. There's no other conversations allowed anymore. Um, so yeah, when I was back back in 2015 or 16 or and 17, there was just, yeah, nothing. There's, there's just, yeah, there's Donald. I don't think there's an, I, I didn't have any meaningful conversation then. And I just don't think there's just a lot of conversation now. People just don't speak. It's just, um, what's the word? Um, just polarized views. Um, and so therefore there's no, there's no way to converse anymore. That's one thing I found that's interesting. It's just, you've got to agree with either this or that. Junior, you said you backpacked for seven months. Yeah. So I'm, well, guess, yeah. I'm guessing that was in between jobs. Oh, right. Uh, that's an interesting story. Uh, but are you, are you interested in doing something like that again? Um, so no, but I think I'm more into, um, living somewhere else so i think i told you what my ambition mm -hmm. is in life so my ambition in life is um is to start my own um like charity so just a quick just give it five minutes to just explain this is gonna be really sad um so <clears throat> so the problem so nigerian population um has grown exponentially in the last like i think like 50 years obviously this is post um but independence uh since independence um, if you were to compare it to our trajectory uh, right now, um, I think they said in like a hundred years, we are bound to be bigger than China. Um, we're we're going to break the billion in less than a hundred years uh, population because so people have the, the economy revolves around your family. So the more children you have, uh, so we have a culture where um, the young takes care of the old, right? So the more children you have, the more uh, likely there will be someone to take care of you because the government will not do so. And you do not have, you know, pension because every um, majority of people working in Nigeria have their own endeavors. So there isn't any lots of public jobs available. Anyway, so if you're disabled in Nigeria, you are confined to begging on the streets for the rest of your life because your family, you are not used to anyone. Um, you cannot take care of your parents when they're older, so therefore they will not take care of you whilst you're young. So therefore, yeah, so either you make your own way, but if you don't, then you just, you are confined to bank for the rest of your lives. And, you know, the economy in Nigeria is just so, it's so easy for anyone if you have the right capital and a place to stay. Is that very simple? There's majority of the people there want to work. They would, if you provide them with capital. So I think I read, so, um, so my curiosity started, I think it was like three years ago when um, um, I read a book on altruism. I really can't remember what the title is, but it's um, the cover is, is a yellow book with, you know, when you go in shops in the UK, we have like, you can give a penny when you have like spare change in a little, in a plastic um, cup, but it's in a shape, I can't remember, you know, where you can only fit in a quarter in your, in your scenario. It'd be like a cup where you can only put in a quarter where you can't take money out. So anyways, that's mm -hmm. what the cover looks like. Um, in case anyone wants to look, anyone wants to look it up. Um, and it just speaks on different ways of giving. So say you're a doctor, so it sort of measures life. So if you're a doctor, would it be worth you going to a country and you know saving lives? Or would it be better for you to like, I don't know, get some money together, um, get some other doctors with you and try to train as many people as you can? Um, or well, train as many of you as you can so they can save more lives or would it be worth you I don't know creating like a you know speaking to a tech guy in the US if you're a doctor creating like a uh, an app that can save you know like 100 million people's lives so you need to find the best way or the best approach to help people um, and this book um, is one of the best books I've ever written in my life um, because it just breaks down and measures different types of um charities or how charities work anyway so my dream taken from this book uh, my dream is to help people who are disabled and how am i going to do this it's by so i'm building four two-bed flats right now in nigeria um which um obviously to the disdain of my mom she hated me i'm going to give the flats away um for the sake of the charity but she hates this idea bless her um <clears throat> Um, also, she's also very supportive as well because she's going to do a flight later in life. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the idea is, you know, give people a place to, to live. 
and you know there'll be a little pot where you just you know start a small business and obviously I haven't worked work out the ins and outs but the idea is I'm just going to help you know disabled people start like a you know selling water um selling anything on the side of the street but just enough to be able to save you know rent their own place out and just hopefully just grow from from there um so yeah that's that's the dream and so therefore where am I going to live later on going back um I hope to yeah spend majority of my time in Nigeria trying to grow that um charity so yeah does that answer your question yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, we had we had we had the similar similar conversation yesterday, but I was kind of leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jim used to uh, yeah, live in Nigeria. Uh, why? Why? Out of all the causes that you could choose from, yeah, is there a particular personal reason why you went with um, helping the disabled? Yeah, seconding um, that question. <laughs> yeah, um, because to me, it's just you know, like I can go down the the, the children route where you know you help kids mm. because you know um what are they called when you both your parents die orphans orphans you can help orphans but the thing is um there are lots of lots of charities on the ground helping orphans and you know the best thing for me to do which is what i plan on doing uh, as soon as i finish building the house is donate to a good orphanage that's that's the best way for me to help if i try to start my own then i'm trying to be a superhero and you know it's just that's just not the best use of my time whereas the, there isn't there isn't a lot that i know for disabled people in nigeria the government will not help you and uh, there isn't a lot of charities out there that will help you and your family certainly will not help you so that's the reason why it's just yeah the best possible uh, one i can um help i think there's just there's just no help on the ground so yeah. how far along are you on with this project is that what you're um, doing right now or is... yeah so so yeah so i'm yeah, yeah just using my money so right now i'm broke um <laughs> using my money to build the, yeah these flats um i think it's about 40 40 percent done um so yeah so it should be hopefully in the next year i'm hoping the entire thing should be should, should have been done and yeah i'll kick start um kick start the whole thing soon i'm hoping to just yeah quit my job in in I guess 10 years time but again that's the reason why so with my job I'm hoping to just fly around through different companies um to get enough contacts so they can I guess donate because companies donating is better than individuals um, because I guess they can just give more uh, so I guess to jump through different companies and yeah cool so you're working right now you're saving up and taking whatever residuals that you're yeah. able to use to create housing in Nigeria right this second and you're 40% of the way with the MVP, the first product, you know, yeah, creation. That's, that's that so cool. Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah. Wow. But I think the problem I'll have is actually asking for money. Do you have a, do you have a website? No, nope, or... nothing. I have nothing. I have, I have no plans. I just have an idea. I'm just, uh, I'm just being, yeah, that person who's just, so I like diving in head first at things. I just, I plan, I have rough, rough ideas. So like, I know I want to like start a charity. So what's the best thing to do? First of all, build houses, right? And then just go from there. You know, all, the other things will work itself out. The universe will send people that will help. So that's, that's the idea. It's fine. If you build a website in the next few weeks, we can put that link yeah. in the description. Yeah. And of the seven people that listen to it, Three, three of them three of them might click on the link well, like, well, i guess you guys in, are you guys in tech can you, can you help do you do you know what where or how i build an apps and stuff like do you guys do you help i well, guess this is this is i'm this calling is you out man are you in tech <laughs> as, as, this is the beginning of an interesting conversation I was like, so <laughs> you were just going to a consulting session right now <laughs> we're talking to john and yeah. you we're, we're pretty deep in tech <laughs> yeah so we're the people to talk about for sure um to get started if you have any questions on that like what yeah. what's something that you're so you're just trying to get a website up right now or yeah i guess the thing is i have no idea so i guess every mm. input is useful um i just know that it's just there's just two ways to work things to help people is 
by building a small industry and housing. And mm. if you can just control both, I, so again, it'll just be like help understanding. And if you know anyone, help understanding, like how do you move people on after like, you know, if someone is homeless and then you give them a home, I don't think, I can't imagine it would be very easy to move someone out of, you know, the comfort zone. How does that work in practicality? Because I don't know, I'm still quite naive at this point. So, you know, I, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, you've built, you've built 40% of the flat so far. Yeah. So that's, I think you're, you're starting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, um, honestly, I feel like the, the initial thing is the most simple page anywhere who, who really knows with just the photos of the, the current progress. And then you're yeah. going to have people see it. And it's like, this is real. You need help yeah. in a good way. And, and yeah. they think that would be awesome. Yeah. We should so, keep yeah. figuring this one out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely keep you guys in a loop. Oh, I'll, please I'll do. Let, I'll let, yeah, I'll let you know. Yes. Well, yeah, so that's it. What about you guys? Where, where, what's, where, where would you live? Where, where are you going to live? Are you going to travel? Are you, uh, I'm turning this around now. Oh, you're not allowed to. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to talk about meaningful things. And <laughs> this, is, this is more meaningful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where are you guys going to live? What are you going to do? Do you guys have that? Actually? Do you... Um, do you guys do the whole five year, 10 year, 15, 20 year plan or? I, I definitely, we, we once had a podcast where people were trying to ask me when we had John on, <laughs> like, do I have ooh, like five year dreams and stuff I'm trying to figure this all out. Yeah. Right now, that's actually a question that I've been <clears throat> I'm working on. A, how do I kind of, hmm, like, what are really important issues and or problems that people and or societies and or cultures are having currently that are going to be extremely important, not just for us, but for the future generations of if I ever have kids and or other people's as kids. And I genuinely, I'm trying to find like a collated list <laughs> and or what people think. And I'm curious if either of you, what you both might think, because that's something I'm beginning to, you know, like there's the daily life and the daily grind and trying to support, you know, family, friends, community and such. But also, what is it at a, a big picture scale other than, you know, just like, you know, you've got like Elon Musk's missions and, and stuff like that, which are extremely fantastic. But um, are those the only ones? <clears throat> is is multiplanetary species the only one? Is uh, increasing the speed to sustainable energy the only one or what else is there outside of those is my current question to people i mean i think i think uh it's pretty important that we choose a cause and then just run with it because yeah there there are an infinite number of important problems maybe not an infinite but let's say there's like mm -hmm. a thousand but um yeah, I think it's it's just a matter of like choosing what's important to you and then just running with it. Um, simple as that. Yeah. No, I th yeah, I think I'll second that. So I, yeah, I think there are just far too many problems in this in this life, and I think people do get lost in trying to solve perhaps too many problems. Therefore, you know, you just run into and um, I've I've again this you both can disagree with this, um, and I'm sure a lot of people would disagree in this. I just feel like, you know, we have society, we have a lot of uh, mental like just issues right now where, you know, I just feel like, you know, there's there's always, I think, a mental issue with, with us as a society, just how can I best put this without sounding really rude, but we're just, we just break down too easily, man. We're not snowflakes, but we just break down too easily. I just feel like they just, every single person should just have a cause in life mm -hmm. and your cause will drive you through. I promise you. So like, this is, you know, even though it sounds, it sounds very, you know, it's what I'm trying to do. sounds very charitable. sounds like, you know, I'm trying to help, you know, I find a problem, I'm trying to help. But the thing in actual actuality, all I'm doing is just trying to stay sane. You know, if I have like a cause in life, there's a reason to do things. And, you know, I find that like, you know, Touchwood, I haven't like had a breakdown yet or just, I'm not even close to having a breakdown, but it's because, you know, there's just a bigger thing for me to focus on in life. So, you know, if there are like issues right now, just, you know, don't focus on the mass issue, just for the macro, just focus on the micro and, you know, just try to deal with, yeah, one, one cause and whatever you feel important, that's important. Just, yeah, just, just deal with that. Elon Musk is, yeah, multiplanetary stuff, that's him. 
well done to him, sir. But for, for me, it's just, yeah, just, you know, helping your neighbor. And mine is, you know, in Nigeria, disabled people. That's what's important to me. I'm nothing. Yeah, that's what's important. What about you, Q? Is, is the question of what are some possible causes that I might be playing and thinking about? Yeah. And once you say it, you have to dedicate your life to it. No, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just on the call with our, our head of HR today, and we were talking about educational issues with regards to even our next generation of kids. I think there's a lot of conversation there and supporting teachers and quality of education and or support of education and quality of classroom environments and or virtual environments if we're going virtual. Um, I'm also kind of wondering about, you know, I was watching The Social Dilemma and reading a few other books and, and stuff and like social connection, not just in a virtualized space. <clears throat> Zoom calls are fine. I actually find this fine, but like more like social connection that's totally algorithmic in nature, but also provides happiness and short-term gains and dopamine releases. Like how do we scale quality community? It's really cool to me that hearing from you, Junior, about Nigerian there's a lot of negatives it sounds like too of course but the family-centric values in a way right okay maybe the reasons aren't the most if that's true you know if that's the case and it probably is like okay it's perpetuated in a way but it's kind of cool to see that as a as a thing but yeah something is you know lots of lots of social connection possibilities and or things to think about because yeah it's not like big it's also kind of okay, you know, I was born and raised in Arizona, right? I'm an, I'm a, a track. I'm a, I just learned that I'm an ABC. Like I didn't really know what ABC meant, oh, an yeah, Asian, uh, an American born Chinese, you know, and, and that, you're more than that here. Yeah. I'm an American, I'm an ABC. I'm an, an American born Chinglishman. Let me correct that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Isn't yeah. Some people will self-identify. Oh, okay. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. I was wondering, I, I was trying to figure out, is it like the same as fall, like fresh off the boat? Cause that's derogatory. Is ABC derogatory? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think it, I think it can be, but just like fob can be, but then some people will just be like, yeah, I'm a fob. Mm. And then it's like part of your identity. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I definitely play on that, on the fob part. I like claiming that I'm fresh off the boat because I want to. Makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm an immigrant. Yeah, I yeah, work yeah. to get here. <laughs> be my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to claim it. Yeah, I'm Nigerian. Yeah, where are you from? Yeah, I'm Nigerian. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, shout out from the rooftops, man. <laughs> um, yeah, that was quite interesting when I traveled. All I ever said was, oh, like, oh, so where are you from? Nigeria. Where's Nigeria? Oh, you know, Africa. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. So um, I volunteered in a juvenile prison in Bolivia. What? Right, in a place called Cochabamba. Um, anyways, um, so you know in Bolivia, right, when you, like, as a minor, when you commit a crime, no matter what a crime is, you, I think you get like a maximum of like two years or whatever it is. So oh, therefore goodness. they make children commit the crimes. So oh, you would be, no. so when I was in the prison, um, there was lots of like kids who was used as like, like drug mules and stuff. So they Whoa. become addicted to drugs. Yeah, but then this charity that I worked for, um, so there's, a, an app, there's an app or a website called Work Away. I don't know if you guys know it. Mm -mm, I um, so you can just, yeah, try to work for, by I guess a local um, charity or something when you travel wherever you are. And um, yeah, so went into this, um, went into this prison anyway. And the kids were just like, oh, oh, like black guy. And I was just like, he's like oh, so um, your hair, why is your hair like this? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't know. It's just like this. And it's like, oh, so where are you from? And I was just like, Nigeria. It's like, Nigeria? And I'm just like, yeah, where is that? I was like, Africa. It's like, oh, right, they're doing the whole mouth and spare stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, um, you know, you guys, you guys are kids, you don't do any better, but I just thought it was funny. Um, yeah, but they've never, they'd never seen an African person before. Mm. And I just thought it was really interesting because they thought they were the darkest people alive. But then, you know, just like, and I arrived, just like, what, who are you? And why do you look <laughs> like that? I just thought it was an interesting story. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I would love to visit or like spend months in Africa because yeah. it, it's just like, it's so huge and there's just so much to it. And I, and I feel like, I feel like 
growing up in the US, like the idea of Africa that was imposed on us is that it's like, oh, people are hungry. Like, uh, like people don't have running water out mm-hmm. there, which which is like partially true, but also very not true. Yeah. Like there are there are like there's civilization and it's like it's just a giant place. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah I would I would I would love to visit. That, that's Do you know the, where you'd go? Do you have any romantic places? This goes uh, for you as well, Hugh. Oh, I'm I know there. where I'd go, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> where are you going? Morocco seems cool. Yeah. And like oh, Egypt. Morocco would be so cool. Yeah. It's like North, yeah. Northern Africa and then maybe just like ride a camel down or something. That's <laughs> 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 oh, so funny. Uh, Hugh, where are you going? Yeah, I, I, I of course, have to go to Gibraltar. Uh, Gibraltar first and then take the boat over to Morocco yeah. and then see that because that's an interesting uh, historical point of view mm-hmm. and then of course we have some people in current company that are in Egypt right so I would love to learn more about Egyptian culture and then yeah you've got like Ethiopia and Nigeria and those are part of course but then in the southern parts you've got interesting cultural differences but then on the east you've got really good scuba diving so I, yeah. I almost I really want to go it's like scuba diving and doing yeah, like underwater photography one day stuff. Um, but yeah, basically something that was interesting to me recently was, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's similar. It's like Africa is so large that not everyone is, of, I mean, obviously, but not everyone is of the same skin color being from Africa. Like yeah. you have, you know, um, the, the Oriental mm-hmm. trading routes that yeah. merged. You have the South, you have this Saudi Arabian Peninsula, yeah. you have the Middle Eastern areas yeah. that yeah. merge into the northeast of Africa, then the southeast, you've got different cultural. Yeah. And, and I don't, I'm just, I'm blown away. I, I, yeah. I know nothing. I really do. Well, Elon, Elon Musk is like technically more African American than. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actual. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't know. He's like born in South, South Africa and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, junior question for you and yep. a question that we ask all our guests is what parting thoughts or words of wisdom do you have for our wait is it that part? time already oh my gosh time <laughs> flew are you serious oh, uh, yeah, sorry you oh, sorry you told me beforehand uh then parting words 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 of wisdom hey you're welcome back anytime yeah, yeah. no I will, I will i will definitely yeah but i'll be across the pond but you know just we dial can, me in yeah and, we can adjust the zoom yeah time. perfectly works perfectly yeah, we'll make dial me in um yeah. words of wisdom is yeah just i guess do what makes you happy and do not lie to yourself and i do mean that in the in the form of being being truthful to yourself will make you happy that is it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. No, great meeting you, Hugh. And um, one day, I guess I'll, I'll hope to meet you in person. Oh, please. If you, if you ever come by, I'll tell you exactly where the next hostel is. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Please do. Yeah. That would be so cool. And, and wherever you are, I think, honestly, I was kind of thinking about this earlier today, John. I was like, maybe we get like a, a mailer just emails and stay in touch with people over time and then kind of like i don't know just like once a year say hi everybody you're you're all really really special people (laughs) (laughs) and then hi everyone we're meeting in minneapolis anyone wants to come this hotel for this weekend and then like you me and maybe like one other person will go and then we'll just hang out for the weekend that or we can go to nigeria and help make some houses yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Down for know, that too. Yeah, you know, you know where I live. <laughs> uh, you don't, but um, you can, or you can come to London and you know have a recording session in London, and you know yeah. you have you have something to stay. You know, get a big air bed, sleep in the couch or in the living room. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you can gentlemen, come over. This is this is amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can't undo this. This is not recorded oh, no, live no, on the internet. No. This is on the internet. Voice <laughs> already said is done. That's goodness, goodness. Right. Junior. 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 You are incredible. Honestly, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very oh. much.
Yeah. So I guess with that, we'll have to wrap up another episode of the Moon Tea podcast. Really interesting enough, hopefully, podcast where we talk about craft, community, and building meaningful careers. And honestly, anything and everything else that people are interested in that in the words of our wise guest today meaningful conversation so whatever's meaningful is important and anyways thank you everybody for tuning in hopefully we'll have this out in a few weeks and hopefully we record this every week but we're working on our pipeline <laughs> we're doing it though we got this all right thanks everybody see ya peace Bye.